Podcast Answer Man, episode number 318. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Hyatt from This Is Your Life and MichaelHyatt.com. You're listening to the man who has trained more people to podcast than anyone else on the planet. My friend Cliff Ravenscraft, he is the podcast answer man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet gone to podcastingatoz.com to learn how to create your own darn podcast. There's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and I am so excited today to bring to you a wonderful episode that is going to help you take things to the next level, and uh, we're going to start things off in a different way by immediately going into an interview, and I happen to have on the line with me now, right now, standing by, Leslie Samuel. Leslie, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you doing? I have never been better. It gets better every single day. Well, that's good. I'm glad I'm today and not yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday was better than I'd ever been before. So so it's it's, it's, better than yesterday. So that's good for me. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So um, actually, a couple people here who are listening actually already have heard your wonderful voice on Podcast Answer Man, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, plus 15 other web entities on the web. (laughs) Actually, maybe not that many. Not not that many. (laughs) Well, if you include social channels. No, but you actually have quite a few different web properties. you got Learning with Leslie, becomeablogger.com, and... um, Interactive Biology. Interactive Biology. But anyway, for those of you who are relatively new to Podcast Answer Man, and if you've not heard, um, by the way, folks, can you hear the smile in Leslie's <laughs> voice when he talks? I, I can't help it. I don't know why. I just get excited whenever I get in front of this mic, and I, I it, the smile just comes naturally, man. I, I do the same thing. It's crazy. <laughs> it I, is awesome. I, you know, Leslie, I, I do a lot of, um, you know, sharing my life online, and not just in Podcast Answer Man, but I have a show called Pursuing a Balanced Life. It's got just over 531 episodes, and and you know sometimes I I not only bring the good, but sometimes if I get into one of those slumps where I'm I'm just feeling really down and depressed, I'll get behind the microphone just in the depths of despair, and all of a sudden just this positivity comes out of me out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I, I I fully understand where you're coming from. I do the same exact thing, and sometimes what you would hear is kind of like a, a, a build up. Where you start kind of down, but you start to kind of get into it, and then you just get more and more excited. <laughs> it is. It's awesome stuff. Awesome. Well, anyway, folks, what I was going to say is if you haven't heard Leslie's voice on this podcast before, you really should go back to episode 251 of Podcast Answer Man and listen to the interview that I did uh, with him previously because it tells his story of how he got to the place where he landed his dream job by simply pursuing 
what he loved and and against all odds was able to do it. I mean, he actually became a a college professor, which was a dream of his without a PhD, which was a requirement that he didn't quite meet at the time. So uh, anyway, if you want to check that out, podcastanswerman.com slash 251. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about taking your blogging efforts to the next level. Oh, yeah. And uh, Leslie is going to be sharing with us five tips on how we podcasters can improve our blogging efforts. Definitely. So, Leslie, are you ready to do this, my friend? I am ready to do this. Let's do this. All right. So, if I was looking to improve my blogging efforts, what's the first thing that you would recommend that I do? All right. Well, well, you know, right before that, I just want to really quick talk about why we should be trying to improve our, you know, blogging efforts. Because, you know, a lot of the, your listeners are podcasters. And yep. podcasting is great. I love podcasting probably better than everything else that I do online. Um, for a number of the reasons that you've mentioned so clearly in all the thousands of episodes you've done or whatever the case might be. Um, but when it comes to what we're doing online, it's all about influencing your audience, influencing your target audience. And your target audience consumes content in different ways. Some people might prefer to listen while they're in the gym. Some people might prefer to read. Some people actually prefer to read. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's surprising these days, but that happens. Um, some people might prefer to watch videos. So I think by having these different um, uh, the media that we are using, we can impact our audience in so many different ways. Um, I, so, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I couldn't agree more. I, I believe that you know, uh, there have been a lot of podcasters, and I was, I was actually guilty of this for a while because I, I started out as a blogger before I was ever a podcaster. Mm-hmm. And then when I learned how much more I love to talk than I do write, I kind of abandoned, I found that after about three months of podcasting, I began to abandon my blogging efforts, and I also noticed a a really bad habit that I had gotten into, and that my show notes were nothing more than just a a little tiny list of of topics that I covered with no real context or description or anything like that, so I was losing out on SEO uh, optimization, you know, search engine optimization on uh, web searches and stuff like that when it came to searching what was written in my show notes about my podcast episode. But just the fact that I wasn't even blogging in between meant that why should I ever really come to Cliff's website exactly. when all I need to do is subscribe to his audio podcast? There's really nothing of value that he has to offer on his site that I can't get in his podcast. Exactly. And it's all about engagement. Yes, you want people to listen to your podcast, but you also want them to come back to your property online, um, come to your home base, basically, um, to interact with what's going on there. It just increases the engagement so much. I mean, some people don't listen to my podcast at all. They actually just read my transcript or, or you know, I've had individuals that are, um, that are deaf uh, contact me and thank me so much for having my content in different formats because uh, they feel like some podcasters are insensitive to to, to them, um, and that is that is also something that's very significant. Well, you know, the, and the thing is, is I get a lot of people who say, "Hey, Cliff, I've got this podcast, but I'm just not getting the same kind of engagement that you talk about." You know, where you're re- how do I make a how do I build a relationship with my audience when I don't ever hear from them? And, and having good written content that draws people to your site is that way to get engagement, not just from those who aren't going to listen to your podcast, but really what you want to do, because uh, a lot of podcasters, they're looking to actually find out who is listening to my podcast. How, do, how can I learn more about them? 
And, you know, I, I love the comment section on my show notes. You know, it's, I, I love having blog posts, and we're going to talk more about blog posts. Uh, but my recommendation is also turn your, your, your show notes into a little bit more of a blog post as well. But anyway, the idea is bring, try to find some way to convince your audio subscribers that there's value in coming to the site and the more you get them to the site and when they start seeing that you have comments from other members of the community and you're responding to those comments on the site, it sure does lead to a lot more interaction with those folks. Definitely. All about engagement. All right. So now we understand why... Every, well, first of all, search engine optimization, engagement. There are people who would actually consume your content, learn about who you are, your area of expertise, and could potentially see you as that thought leader, not just through your audio podcast, but through your written content where they might not either be able to listen to you or they just prefer to read what you have to say. Uh, there are several reasons why we as podcasters should be you know, turning our our show notes maybe into a little bit more of a blog post format and certainly putting out blog posts in between content whenever possible. Definitely. All right. So what's tip number one, sir? Tip number one. When I, when I first started blogging, this is how I used to do it. I used to just create content because this is what I think about creating today. Um, and, yeah, you know, that can get kind of hectic sometimes. I, I don't know how many times I've called a friend and said something like, I need a podcast for right now. What should I write? <laughs> I mean, what, sh- what should I talk about? Or I need content to post, post today. What should it be about? And then I interviewed a friend of mine, Crystal Collins, and she spoke about a, a marketing calendar. And I started to think about this in terms of my blogging efforts, coming up with a content calendar where you're actually sitting down and planning out the content that you're going to create over the next three months or six months. Or if you want to go as far as saying a year, which is a bit crazy to me. Um, but by doing that, not only are you taking away that, you know, that anxious, oh man, I got to create something for tomorrow and I don't know what to do it about. But you're also creating a flow so that your content don't seem like your content doesn't seem like isolated blog posts or isolated podcast episodes. By planning it out in advance, you, 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 can, you can see the overall strategy that you are trying to um, walk your audience through and it makes it much easier to actually come out with that content. I like that. So step number one or tip number one, create a marketing calendar for your content, a content marketing calendar uh, ahead of time. And I love this idea. I've never done the whole calendar approach that kind of says on this date, this is the, and I know people have done this, who actually sit down with the calendar and say, hey, these are the days of the week, and these are the topics I'm going to cover on these days. And for those of you who might hear that and think, well, that's a little too rigid for me, I kind of like to keep it you know, loose, and that way I can talk about modern top, or topics that are current today that maybe I didn't even think of you know, at the time. Here's the situation, when you plan ahead, you simply just have more flexibility. It doesn't mean that you're stuck to this. Your your content exactly. marketing calendar doesn't have to be engraved in stone. You can always choose to cover whatever you want and discard others, push it back a week, whatever the case may be. But I love this tip, Leslie, this idea of of deciding ahead of time, maybe sitting down for an afternoon for two or three hours and just write out six months worth of, of topics that you want to cover. And little caveat to that what i've been doing is i will actually create um a list of future topics so i don't necessarily tie dates to mine <laughs> but i actually just get out any kind of list program i use workflowy 
and uh-huh. I put future content consideration or something like that. And then and, I start adding to that list tons of topics. And it's going to vary from individual to individual. Some individuals would want to have that, you know, straight, this is what I'm going to cover today and so on. Or you can say this month is going to be social media month. Or this week, I'm going to cover this general topic. Because what that does is when it comes time for you to actually create the content, you don't have to think about all the different possibilities. You just think about those few options within that general topic that you're going to be blogging about. And for me, personally, you know, I, I'm working a full-time job. My wife and I just had our first child and things are crazy. So to eliminate the stress of having to or at least reduce the stress of having to come up with a topic on the spot. It's just, I mean, it comes in so handy. And that's something I encourage people to do at some level. That is awesome. All right. We've got that one down. What's tip number two? Tip number two, if you're podcasting and you're going to be, for example, doing some written content, Think about, especially if you're doing the type of content calendar that we just spoke about, think about ways that you can make the content that comes after or before that podcast episode complement that podcast episode. So, for example, if I am going to be interviewing someone that's an expert on social media for next week's episode, I might want to consider, let's say I'm posting that on Tuesday. On Thursday, I can put something like my top five social media management tools. Or, you know, with my biology blog, if I'm going to be doing a podcast episode, which I haven't started doing yet, and I don't know that I will be doing. But if I were recording a podcast for my biology blog on, on how to study for your biology classes, um, in, in, the, nec- in the, pot, the, the blog post that follows that, I can do something like a detailed article on how to use flashcards efficiently. It kind of complements exactly what I was talking about on my podcast, and it works together so that, once again, you don't have these isolated posts, but you have things that complement each other, that your audience, if they already listened to that podcast episode, now they have something that reinforces one aspect of that podcast episode, and I think that works very well. I love that. And, and Leslie, it's so funny that you bring this up because um, this is something that happened to me just naturally last week. I was, I think it was on Wednesday. Actually, no, it was Thursday morning. Thursday morning, right before the episode, I was, I was kind of looking at all the different things that I was going to share in the podcast episode for, let's see, this is 318, so episode 317. And I noticed on the voicemail feedback hotline, one of the questions was, how on earth do you get your audio clips to go directly into your recording? Is there some way that I can do that with GarageBand? And, and he says, I assume that you're using Audacity to do that. And of course, I use Adobe Audition for software, but I don't record into my computer at all. Here's the situation, though. I already put out a YouTube video a long time ago, mainly for my podcasting A to Z students. And I made it public just to share it on Facebook, just to show people, say, hey, check out the kind of you know answers that I'm providing to people's questions. This is the kind of detail that I go into uh, when I'm answering these questions. And, and just to give people an, an example, well, this is already a, a, a public YouTube video, and um, I, I, I wanted to share it. So instead of just putting this post in the show notes, I I actually went ahead and created a blog post called A Proven Podcast Workflow. And I did a blog post about it and embedded the video there. So it's a separate blog post. And then in the podcast episode, instead of answering the question step by step by step, 
I talk about the blog post that I put on my site just recently, and uh-huh. here's how you can get it. And so, like you said, it can bring people to your website, and uh, and it and it kind of ties in. So I like that. But you know, you know what it also does? It kind of lowers the resistance. If someone is, let's say, you you're teaching someone to do something in that that previous episode, um, and now you have something that follows up to it. If they were in the mode of actually going through and following up and taking action on what you were teaching in that podcast episode. This just helps them with what they're already doing. So it's not as much, okay, now I need to change focus and I need to change focus here. But it kind of goes along, especially if they are something, someone that's taking action, which is you know, the type of person that you want to cater to. So, so many benefits to doing it that way. Excellent. All right, tip number three. Tip number three. This tip to me is the biggest tip, whether you're podcasting, blogging, video blogging, whatever the case might be. Um, I remember a few years ago where I was blogging and my life got so hectic. I was spending so much time on my business that I kind of, it's almost as if I was losing my mind. So I gave up on blogging. This was back in 2009. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I need to spend more time with my family. I can't be just attached to my computer. Um, And when I stopped, I stopped for a few months. And then I eventually figured out, you know, I can get back into it, but I need to be more efficient with it. So what I did was I sent a a message to my mailing list and immediately from one day to the next, it went from no activity on my blog to tons of activity on my blog um, just by sending that one email. What I want to say for tip number three is that that mailing list, your mailing list is, in my opinion, the most important asset when it comes to building your blog. And I have a specific strategy that I've been using over the last uh, maybe six months or so for increasing engagement at my blog with my mailing list. I have a follow-up sequence. And in that follow-up sequence, there are three things that I aim to do in each, um, each email that I send out. Number one. I introduced the topic with a story, just like I kind of did just now. I, t- I spoke about the story about when I was giving up on blogging. And then number two, I give them a lesson, a specific lesson on how to do such and such. For example, that lesson might be how to use stories in your blog post. And then number three, I bring them back to a specific article that reinforces um, what I'm teaching in that email. So in that, in that I might... You know, so number one, I say I talk about the importance of telling stories and I do a short lesson on that. And then I say, hey, you want to see an example of how I've done this on my blog? Click here to check out this article. It, it really does well with number one, engagement. You have that personal story and then teaching them how to do something. And then lastly, bringing them back to your content and doing that strategically. I mean, it, it, it works so well. That is awesome. And here's the situation. You know, I, I love this idea. Your your mailing list is your best asset for building your blog audience. Um, some as soon as you, I heard that, I'm thinking, okay, the, I, I wonder if uh, Leslie's going to say, well, just send out a link to your blog post every time you have a blog post out to everybody on your mailing list. Now, number one, I want to say that could potentially be a good idea, but you don't want to do it for people who have not opt in for that purpose. Definitely. So there are two different things. One, you could create the ability for people to subscribe or opt in to receive every blog post that you write via their email inbox uh, through your newsletter service or through a number of other services you could set that up for. And believe it or not, and and this is surprising to me because, you know, I, I, I really try to maintain an inbox zero and I have to carefully craft uh, what I allow into my email inbox. 
But there are people out there who would prefer to get notified via email every time you land a blog post. So actually, that's another thing you could do is is uh, turn that on. But I, I totally agree with you. For many of us out there, Leslie, we do. For me, example, for example, I have a good mailing list and a very engaged mailing list. And occasionally, I I mean, I am talking about some interesting things. And rather than uh, just sharing that information there, I could. And this is actually something that I do. Is is and it and it's very similar to what you're saying. I will put the meat of what I want to share in a brand new blog post, not one that was existing already, but uh-huh. I'll put the meat of it there because I want it actually to be shared in social media. And then what I'll do is I'll 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 open up my email with, you know, hey, thank you know, here's something that was really exciting that just happened to me. Here's something that I think that we ought to consider. And if you want to see how I how I recommend doing this, I just created this post on my site. <laughs> Click here. And 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 I don't do that for every single blog post. And and again, that's unless you know people. Some people want that, but make that a separate option. Make that a different opt-in, a different segment of your list, or whatever the case may be. So that's a totally different strategy, and it works for many people. But what I'm talking about is specifically kind of what you were just talking about there, where you know maybe it might be a new blog post that you have that you just know that your audience needs to read that, or they're gonna want to read that. Or it can be strategic in terms of you planning up a follow-up sequence uh, to go to specific content for a specific reason. So there are many different ways that, of doing it, but and this is just one. Yep. All right, tip number four. Tip number four. This is another thing that I love doing, using video to add another dimension to your content. And I know this is something that you've been doing more of recently. And, you know, when, when people come to your blog and they're watching these videos, and for you it might be just a video of what's going on in your life that day, um, they're engaging with you. They're getting to know you. With my interactive biology blog, this is pretty much all I did in the beginning to grow my blog. I posted videos and um, I posted the videos on YouTube. I was very strategic in terms of how I titled those videos and then also my call to action to come back to my blog. You know, most great blogs that you see out there today don't just cater to one specific type of audience. It's not just the podcast. It's not just the written. It's not just the video. It's all of them. And by using video, you can really enhance the experience that people are getting when they come to your blog. Excellent. I love that. And yes, video. Uh, and, and by the way, my recommendation, and, and I see, I, I actually do see a lot of bloggers and podcasters using um, video to bring into their site. But uh-huh. I notice a lot of people who are maybe uploading their videos to Vimeo or they're uploading them to Wistia. Uh, they're uploading them to Amazon S3 and using some kind of embeddable player that kind of can be branded to their own site and stuff like that. Uh, and those are all fine. I'm sure that many of those people have strategically thought out why they want to use those services. Uh, certainly, with you know the ones that actually provide you some with some really deep analytics and and uh, whatever the case may be. But I, I tell you, in addition to that strategy, for me, what I like to do, Leslie, is create a YouTube channel for my brand as well. Oh, definitely. And then whenever I'm uploading or whenever I want to share a video with my community, I upload it to my YouTube channel first. Uh-huh. And that way all the YouTube folks get it. Uh, it's it's there in the YouTube search engines uh, because which, by the way, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. Uh, so not only if you're and then what I do is I actually take the embed code and bring that over, write a little bit of text to kind of set up the video and then embed the video right there on my side. 
that's on site. That's exactly the strategy that I love. You know, when when I look at, I'm I'm actually pulling it up right now, really quick. But when I look at my blog, um, uh, my biology blog, as I grew it, the first month it, I got about four thousand one hundred and sixty-seven visitors. Now, to some people, that might not sound like a lot, but to me. When I, I'm just starting putting video on YouTube and linking to my blog, getting over 4,000 people coming to check it out, that is significant. People that are just posting videos on other sites that are not taking full advantage of YouTube, especially when it comes to free content that you're putting on your blog, you're missing out. You definitely want to be using YouTube. Yeah, and one other tip uh, at the end of your videos, and, I, and I, you know what? I'm sitting here telling you this tip, and I don't do it myself, and I know I should. <laughs> But, I, but I'm going to, and I have done it once or twice, but at the end of your YouTube video, you know how sometimes, you know, people put credits at the end of their stuff? Well, uh-huh. at the end of your video, say, for further information related to this, please visit podcastanswerman.com slash podcast workflow. That is so important right there. <laughs> it really is. That's, that, uh, if you're not doing that, you are missing out on traffic. For my videos, I have a, a very simple flow. In the beginning, I introduced myself. Hey, this is Leslie Samuel from Interactive Biology TV, where we're making biology fun. In this video, I'm going to be talking about the, the best ways to study for biology. And then I had to go through whatever I'm teaching. Then I recap on it and I say, for more information like this or other resources to help make biology fun, visit the website at interactive-biology.com or something of that sort. You want to be very clear with that and you want to bring people back to your site. Absolutely. Tip number five. Tip number five. This is something that I'm going through right now as I'm kind of changing to a different stage with my blogging. But one of the things you will find is that Images really help with engaging individuals. Now, a lot of people, you know, there might be a lot of podcasters that say, you know, I don't like to write. Images can do a lot of that writing for you. And maybe that's not exactly true, but I mean, they do a lot of, you know, when someone comes to your blog and there are step-by-step instructions on how to do such and such, but then they are clear images that are illustrating exactly what you teach. It's enhancing the content. It's making it easier for people to read through that content, much easier to consume. And not only that, they are very, especially if you do them well, they really help in terms of your your content being shareable, people pinning them on Pinterest. That's a big thing now. And I, I, I know a lot of people that are getting a significant amount of traffic from Pinterest. And when I do have really good images on my blog post, I notice that um, there's significantly more sharing that's happening. So tip number five, um, use lots of images to enhance, not just images just to be there, but to enhance your content. Absolutely. And a couple of thoughts that I can think related to that. Not only is it good for Pinterest and sharing, but uh, you know, also when you're, if somebody was to share your post on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+, all three of those services will try to pull an image off of your site for yep. a thumbnail to even gain more interest or attraction to your site. And another recommendation, I would recommend using a JPEG image. Sometimes some of those thumbnails, I think it, it was uh, Facebook was notorious for this for a while. I'm not sure if it's still the case, but they kind of ignored PNG files. Hmm. So um, that, that could have changed, by the way. But anyway, still, I, I recommend um, JPEG images. They're, they're just uh, smaller file size anyway. 
And another thing is, is don't forget your meta tags when you're tagging those images. So definitely, yeah, when you get the alt tag and description and stuff like that, fill in names and description of of what those images include. Make sure that they're relevant. I mean, you don't want to try to just, you know, spam the search engines. But here's the cool thing. You know, sometimes people will search for podcast equipment. And it's amazing how many times if you just go to Google insert or image search and type up podcasting, podcast equipment and all this other stuff, how many of my images show up in the results, which is pretty cool. And of course, those things link back to the original source as well. And, and not just that. Another tip with that is in the naming of your file. Um, you want to be strategic with that. So, exa- for example, if you're, you, you're posting a picture of a Heil PR40, don't name it image001.jpg, the default that comes with your camera or anything of that sort. You want to name that file PR40.jpg, And when you upload that, of course, then with the tagging that you just mentioned, you want to make sure to do that. Exactly. Alrighty. Well, I'll tell you what, those are five excellent tips, my friends. Uh, and if you I have wa- a bonus tip really quick. Oh, I love bonuses. Oh, yeah. You got to give them some kind of bonus. Bonus tips. And this might be something that they're already doing, but this is something that I noticed really works well for my podcast. Transcripts. Transcripts come in so handy. Some people don't listen to my podcast episodes. They read my transcript because they can't listen to it at work. But when they have a quick break, they can read the transcript right then and there. Your transcript caters to those individuals. It also allows you to link to relevant posts. It also it it it, it really get oh, one of the one of the really cool things that I've noticed. I have my VA transcribe all of my my podcast episodes, and by doing that, she's getting to know me so that. When she's working for me on a number of different projects, she, um, it's almost as if she knows my brain and she can think like me. And it really helps with that. That's just a, a side benefit if you're outsourcing. But transcripts really help. It really helps a number of different, uh, for a number of different reasons. And I just think it enhances your content. If you're going to have it in one format, might as well have it in another. Sounds great. And of course, I have a question for you. Uh, and, and there are a lot of different ways that could be done. But when you're doing the transcript for your site, now, do you put the entire transcript in the actual post itself or do you put that in a separate document they can then download or link to? I used to put it in my actual post. I still do that on my biology site, but I stopped at become a blogger because of the feed burner limit um, yep. for, with the RSS feed. So I started doing PDFs that they can download and even that. I mean, when I don't post a PDF, the same day I will get a number of emails. Hey, where's the PDF? You yeah. know. Well, people enjoy that, and I think that enhances the experience. Yeah, so, so there are some benefits that come with actually embedding the entire transcript within yeah. your your blog post because it will actually, you know, not all of it, but a good portion of it could potentially, you know, churn some uh, Google search results. But uh, it, it can bloat your feed size uh, when you're doing an entire transcript for a thirty or sixty minute show, obviously. Uh, so some people have opted to make them available as a you know uh, a PDF or some other form that they can then just click to download. Exactly. But uh, great, great bonus tip. Hey Leslie, before you go, I want to I want you to tell folks uh, about this new thing that's happening over at becomeablogger.com. What what's going on over there starting oh, next man. Thursday, August first. August first. I am so excited because we're kind of ch- switching gears a little bit. Um, you know, in the past, for the last year or so, when you come to the blog, most of what you're going to see is just my podcast. But I wanted to kind of 
offer more to the people that are checking out my blog. And I've brought on a team of writers. Now, these writers have gone through a, a significant process to make sure that these writers are awesome. And not only that, that the content is going to be very actionable. So people that are trying to build a blog and, and build a business around a blog. And for me, it's not just about building a blog. For me, it's about creating content to inspire others and change the world. I believe that bloggers have the ability to change the world. And I want to facilitate that process. So we're going to have significantly more content starting on August 1 next Thursday and people are going to love it because they're going to be able to read a blog post and then go and do exactly what it says without paying a membership fee or anything of that sort. So if anyone is into blogging when and if you're a podcaster, most likely you are, um, definitely check us out at becomeablogger.com. Excellent. Well, Leslie, I really appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you for coming on the show once again. And uh, I always am inspired by the things that you're doing out there and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, just how much wonderful content is going to be coming out of Become a Blogger uh, by bringing in this entire community of writers that are held to high standards. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. It was a joy to be able to share with your audience. All right. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Take care. All right, my friends. And next up, we're going to just jump right into it with another wonderful person. Of course, somebody that you recognize very much. My social media correspondent here at Podcast Answer Man and GSPN.TV, Eric J. Fisher. How are you doing today? I am doing very well and getting better every day. Hey, I've heard that somewhere before. (laughs) (laughs) I just retweeted you verbally. That's all. (laughs) Nice. I like that. So, um, yeah, I just got off the line with uh, Leslie and he gave us some five blogging tips for uh, you know, helping us to engage our audience and drive more traffic to our websites, which is great. And uh, we've got a, a social media segment that we're going to do here. Last week, we talked about RSS feeds and finding content that way and, and all of that stuff for our, for our shows. But today, you want to talk about Flipboard. Now, uh, for those who don't know, can you give a description of what Flipboard is? Yeah, Flipboard came out, I believe, at some point within a couple of months, few months after the initial iPad came out. So way back in the summer, probably late summer of 2010, when the iPad 1 came out. And what this was, was a an app that let you read, you know, popular or curated content by, you know, major media outlets for the most part or different sites. You could plug in your own RSS feeds too if you wanted to. And and one of the reasons that I, I it was kind of top of mind was we mentioned it last week as an option, not necessarily the option that you and I are using to use to read RSS these days. However, it had this really cool like it was one of the things that first stunned me as to, oh wow, the iPad's really cool to like lay on a couch and like flip through a mag a digital magazine and and all that. And so that's a, that's ultimately what Flipboard is and it has grown a lot. It has grown to become not just iOS or not just iPad but iOS and then not just iOS but now also Android. And so there are a lot of cross-platform uh, availabilities for this I was going to say app but now it's a service really. And a few months ago, they created this new option where users could create their own magazines. So, for example, what I did was I created a magazine and called it Beyond the To-Do List, and I wanted to throw in there the best of the best 
articles on how productivity branches out and covers all these different aspects of life. And I only would put in there the best of the best. And so that was pretty cool. But however, Flipboard has just made that available on the web. So now you don't have to have a smartphone or a tablet to take advantage of this. You can now browse those magazines on the web. All right. So, okay. So Flipboard, and and the way that I would have described Flipboard is, is it is more like a uh, visual uh, view of what content is available to you. And, and it it's mostly driven for me, I, I think, uh, what I found most interesting and appealing was the visual element of all the images that pop up and thumbnails mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. From so, so you could watch Twitter and read through Twitter, and it's pretty much mostly uh, text-based stuff. But if people are putting links to... Uh, articles and stuff like that have that have images in it. Um, what Flipboard is doing is it's going through and and checking out those links and pulling in thumbnails and and giving you that magazine feel or or I like the now I call it the pin the Pinterest appeal. Even though uh-huh. yeah, it, I th- I'm pretty sure Flipboard predates Pinterest. It does yes. But uh, so anyway, that I mean that's what the idea was. Is the it, it was a I thought it was a more visually stunning way to read your newsfeed from Twitter, from Facebook, and a couple other maybe blogs and stuff like that. Now, we both, like you said, we, you know, personally, I prefer to read my blog content in list form by just being captured by the title. Although there have been times when I'll load up Flipboard and and I will be subscribed to the same content. Like, for example, I might be subscribed to Mashable and Flipboard. And sometimes, even though I'm all up to date and I haven't missed anything as far as any days, I'm completely up to date and I've, you know, either read the articles that stood out to me or I marked all the articles as read, I'll still go into the Flipboard version of Mashable and and swipe through a couple pages. And what I find is that I see a couple images that grab my attention mm-hmm. and I look at the article title and it's like, oh, I remember seeing that article title but now it wasn't really interesting until I saw the picture. And I mean, it it really doesn't help me uncover a lot of new stuff, but it is a more visually appealing way. So so that's how I would describe Flipboard. Now, at, so what the story we're talking about today and what you're bringing up is this idea of the magazines. Now, before we get into Flipboard magazines, I want to just bring up there's a service that's been out there that help people kind of, you know, curate content and share what you love with people uh, they've been out there. Matter of fact, there's one that I consider to be the worst Twitter spamming uh, site out there. <laughs> yes. And what's the name of that service? I can't remember. Paper Lee. That's it. P A P E R dot L I. And the reason the why I'm going to annoy you with this tweet daily is out. Exactly. So, and and the reason why I couldn't remember the name of it is because I only use applications to access Twitter that allow me to completely block anything that was ever posted by Paperly. And if you use Paperly and you have not gone in and disabled the automatic updating of your at replies to all the other people on the world that you might include, it, ugh, it's horrible. Anyway, I won't go into it because that's I, it's never fun when I start ranting. Yeah. So anyway, if, if Flipboard has the ability to create the magazines, we'll talk a little bit about that. But now you're saying they're coming to the web as well. I'm afraid, Eric Fisher, are we going to start seeing all kinds of you know spam from Flipboard magazines? I don't think so. Good. All right. I don't see a way. The only thing you would see me do is to say, "Hey, go check out the, ma- the my Flipboard magazine that I made." 
And I would do that a few times, and then that would be it. Yeah, and that's not a big deal. That, those are things that you're manually doing. I mean, because that's not Flipboard spamming me if if it's done excessive, excessively. I think that's right. Yes. Uh, so if it's done too much, then that's you spamming me. It's not the service. Whereas with Paperly, it's not necessarily you're doing it. You're just you just didn't go in and turn off the auto ability for it to actually spam your Twitter stream. Right. All right. So here's the deal. I, I um the magazine feature is not new at all. It's been out for a while. I remember reading the story, uh, but at the time, Eric Fisher, for some reason, this didn't come into a social media segment. And so if it doesn't come into a social media segment, and I figured Eric didn't think it was important enough to tell me. <laughs> so Well, it, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. I think we had other stuff to talk about. And honestly, this is kind of fringe in, in a certain sense. But wait a second. Of- Eric, how is it that you have a Beyond the To-Do List magazine and I got nothing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You mean how, you, how, how is there not a podcast Answer Man Flipboard magazine? Or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So, okay, so here's seriously though, I do remember uh, seeing the headlines on this and not being an active Flipboard user myself, um, I, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to it. The, the last thing, by the way, the last thing that I paid attention to with Flipboard was when Leo Laporte was talking about how they brought audio integration in and he was going to do something with his podcasts so that the, the his posts would be mm. formatted in such a way. Did you hear about that? And have you have are you subscribed to any kind of audio content in Flipboard? No, because that's the last place I would really think to go look for audio content. I would subscribe to audio content yeah. through my, you know, podcast yeah. aggregator. Yeah, and I absolutely, you and I and, would. And we've talked about you know the one-off stuff using HuffDuffer before. So exactly, but but let's get into this mindset for a second, especially since we're we're thinking of a lot of podcasters who would ex- who would say and think exactly the words you just said. But I mean, what do we got? I think you just sent me an article that says, by the way, there's already 100,000 mm-hmm. users who have generated magazines in the first 24 hours. Yes, and okay. that was months ago now. That was months so ago. More. So, but but here so so obviously Flipboard has a gigantic user base. Now, I would venture to say that there is a very large percentage. And I mean very large percentage of people who are using Instagram every single day who have never subscribed to a podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So imagine those folks are browsing for magazines now, or actually they're browsing for other channels or whatever uh, Flipboard calls them uh, to subscribe to, you know, things that are are of interest to them. And let's just say if they were looking for the topic of social media or the topic of uh, business and technology and stuff like that. And what if Podcast Answer Man or Beyond the To-Do List shows up in that? And not only is it our written content that we're sharing, but imagine that some of those thumbnails are actually uh, play buttons. And and so it actually has a nice thumbnail image and it has a play button. And right there from the the Flipboard app, they could click the play button and all of a sudden they're listening to your most recent episode of Beyond the To-Do List, being introduced to a podcast for the very first time. Yeah. I mean, it, that's one of the things for me that I was thinking of was in terms of how you know, how does a podcaster use Flipboard as part of their entire, you know, because podcasting is one piece to the multi-piece puzzle when it comes to what they're doing online with their branding. 
And okay. Flipboard is a pretty cool piece to use. So yeah, that makes sense. You would. I was already thinking you would maybe include certain blog posts, but yeah, you bringing up the audio portion as well and making that playable there. Well, here's the thing. I I, I know that this was something that um, that Leo shared on this week in tech, and for some reason I didn't even pick up onto it then and and do more research, and I should have. And now I'm wondering if I do Twit. Uh, let's see here, Twit Picks, Twit Lady. Uh, I'm gonna be, do twit.tv. That'll that'll maybe bring it up. Uh, so here's there's Leo Laporte uh, post by related to twit.tv YouTube, uh, Flickr RSS. Yeah, I don't see necessarily because this is something that what I just described to you is exactly what he was talking about. That that this kind of stuff would be possible, but I am not. Uh, I'm not seeing audio. Maybe audio was something that they were testing out and maybe have just uh, done away with. But here's what I'd love to do, and this is why I love Podcast Answer Man. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 318. That's podcastanswerman.com slash 318. And go into the comment section. And if you guys are familiar with what I'm talking about, and I know some of you are, um, send us some links to something where we in the comment section where we can look up and see if this is still available or is it something they tried and they shut down and stuff like that but but um that's all i wanted to share there but okay so you have this beyond the to-do list magazine let's start with this so i i did a search for beyond the to-do list with all the spaces in there and it pulled up the beyond the to-do list magazine by eric fisher and uh by the way you have 12 readers you have 963 page flips and 32 articles. Sounds so, right. So so automatically what this tells me is that this could, if if you could actually promote this and, and all of this other stuff and you get some subscribers, this could be another area of social proof. Mm-hmm. Um, it could potentially be another area of negative social proof. So, so it, you know, it depends on, on how you look at that and, and, and stuff. Uh, you know, some people are really you know, over concerned about the numbers. But uh, anyway, so you have this, it, you have beyond the two this. Now what I did is I just subscribed and I'm flipping through how to resist temptation and stick to your health goals. This is not a treasure map. Increase your creativity. Is it possible to work less than 40 hours a week and still get something, build something great? Five techniques to tame your overflowing email inbox. Don't my, multitask. Your brain will thank you. How to speed up, clean up, and revive your Mac. Technology consumption resolution. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm looking through it. There's some interesting titles in here. Things that I didn't pick up off of on Mashable. And likely if you were to share a lot of these links in Twitter, just depending on what time of the day you shared them, I may have missed most of these links myself. So this would be an, a way for me to keep up with the things that have interest you, interested you online. Now, we had this ability with Google Reader for, us, for me to share, for you to share stuff, but nobody ever used that. Right. So, okay, I have a question for you. Sure. How hard is it to create a magazine first and foremost? Not hard at all on the Flipboard application. If I yeah, if I happen you have to, to have, do it on the app. If I hap- also you have to do it on the app. For now, you have to do it on the app. They said. All right. Let's just say I happen to be maybe holding my iPad Mini right in my hands right now. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, what would I do? What would I do first? Let's see. Um, well, make sure you're logged in. Okay, I am. I'm logged in as at GSPN. 
And where would you go? Um, it, it should be fairly obvious when you go into like the settings or the sidebar there somewhere. Okay, so I see my Flipboard notifications, accounts, friends, new and noteworthy news, blah, 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 blah. So nothing there. Okay, maybe if I click on my user ID and it says Cliff Ravenscraft, you haven't made any magazines yet. There it Tap is. Tap the plus line on the content you love to start saving things to your own magazine. Okay, Learn- yeah. So I remember now. You So you would find a piece of content that you think, okay, that's magazine worthy for my magazine. All right. And you would click that plus button and it'll ask you to create it, I think. So let's see here. Um, I, I'm just going to try one out just to play with this. But uh, is it possible to work less than 40 hours a week and still build something great? And so, actually, I, I see the plus sign, so I'm going to go ahead and hit the plus sign. All right, it says, collect the things you love. Save this item into your first magazine. So, it sounds to me I can have multiple magazines. You can, yes. All right, and uh, there is the magazine title. So, I'm going to put on here, Podcast Answer Man. Podcast space Answer Man. Hypothetically, I'm doing this. Uh, let's see here. And then I could give this a description. And the category, okay, so I'm going to put this in the category of probably technology. Uh, And then let everyone see my magazine is on or off. And so I hit create. All right, so now it says uh, flipped in, now it says it was flipped into Podcast Answer Man. Now I'm going to hit the plus sign again. And okay, so now when I go to hit the plus sign on any articles I see on Instagram, or what is it called, Flipboard? Flipboard. Uh, now I can actually choose to uh, flip it into my Podcast Answer Man magazine, or I can create another magazine. Correct. All right, and it said, "Oh, and I can add captions to the, I guess the the flipped story." So I'll have to play with this. Now I actually have I have a Podcast Answer Man uh, thing. So now if I go in here and do Podcast Answer Man. And uh, it actually has Podcast Answer Man. And no, it's actually that was me as a user. So I'm not showing up. Maybe it takes a little bit before it actually shows my magazine. Uh, they might have to actually index or cache their index and st- or recache their index and stuff. So yeah, I have my. Okay, so now I have a magazine. So the new story, though, is not magazines. This is old information. But what's new is that you're saying now something's going on on the web. Yes. Now, originally when they created these magazines, you could only access them on the on a device, on a on a, on a tablet or a smartphone device. And again, like I said, it's it's Android and iOS at this point, although it's coming to other devices like Windows 8 and things like that. Um but now you're going to be able to go to these Flipboard magazines right on the web. All right. So I am on Flipboard dot com and i'm clicking on magazines all right so now i'm on flipboard.com slash community and i see a bunch of magazines that are on here and it probably is you know ranking these uh, it says weekly highlights across all categories now how can i find your magazine yeah that's a good point i'm trying to figure that out for myself i think if you go to flipboard i think it's probably going to be where somebody actually shares that out well, and you click the link. Here's the thing. Okay, so here's uh, I found. Uh, I just clicked on one of these. Here's one by Stacy Tree. He's got uh, two hundred or twenty thousand two hundred and twenty readers. 
So is there any way for me to find out if he had if there's a link to this magazine itself? Actually, I think that is the magazine. So I my I guess my question is how can I find you though? Hmm. Hmm. Well, if I share it with you, that's one thing. Or if you find it in the app, I'm the only way that you're going to find it is if I, you know, were to tweet it out or something hmm. right now. Because see, that's what I'd like to be able to do is I'd like to be able to go to Flipboard and search for my friend Eric Fisher and and right there should be what I'm not seeing right here, which is a drawback. Obviously, is you should be able to go to Flipboard.com and then have a place where, all right, in the magazine section. Type in, you know, if you know the name of the magazine or type in my name, my username and have it just show up. And that I don't see that here. I don't see that either. And, you know, and not only that, but if they're going to have this web version of stuff, I should be able to sign in with my Flipboard account as well, you know, and and actually see my subscriptions on the web. So having this available on the web sounds it sounds great. It sounds to me like we're going to be able to start sharing this in our. In our, I, I think the benefit here is probably you're using the application and you're, you're sharing certain things out to the internet with your magazines. And now what this allows people to do is even if you're on a desktop and you're not inside an application, you can still see what they're sharing. Yes. In, now, in Flipboard format in a way. Right. Now, one of the things that I will say they have made easy is say you're you're on the web and you're not on Flipboard and you come across an article that you want to throw into your Flipboard magazine, one oh, of them. And can you do that? You can, right from the web. And that's I assume that's under web tools. If, and it yes, says so, and it's got a flip it button. Mm-hmm. And so then you put that in your your bookmarks bar and then Okay. Say you come across something on Mashable and you hit flip it. Well, for, hold on a second. Hold on. Check this out. I'm going to go to podcastanswerman.com and I am going to go and uh, I've got a video blog post that I put on uh, about a proven podcast workflow. So I want to know if I can flip this. Uh, what happened? Okay. There's my flip it button. All right. now. Okay. So now here's where it's asking my, my Flipboard username and password. Mm-hmm. All right, if I can remember what that is. Oh, I did. Uh, okay, so Podcast Answer Man. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and hit Save Site so it has that password. But uh, a proven podcast workflow. Add caption. Uh, this is how I produce each of my shows. So I'm going to put my first caption in now. And I'm going to click Add. And it says, Success, all done. This post was added to your magazine, Podcast Answer Man. Here's the question, you know, why use Flipboard instead of Tumblr? Because isn't that the whole idea of Tumblr is that it's it's a web presence where you can kind of just cut and paste all kinds of different stuff and you know, you put it you tumble it into your Tumble log and 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 stuff like that or do you think that um, you know, we should be considering, you know, curating some of this stuff inside of Flipboard? Because it seems to be more on the cutting edge. It's not, you know, it wasn't re- just recently purchased by Yahoo. And uh, it looks like they're actually getting ready to, to rule out some pretty interesting new features and seems to be continually pushing things forward. I, I would say that, yeah, Tumblr is definitely owned by major, you know, corporations. Flipboard's its own thing. Like, and it's been a, a hot app since it came out and continues to innovate. And I think this is another step forward for them to where you know they, they've got app 
you know, visually appealing apps that are out there and they're bringing it to the web where you can, you know, curate from the web as well as read from the web. And at some point here, it's going to become even more powerful. Awesome. Well, I'll, you know what? This, again, this is the first time I've played with Flipboard in a long time, and uh, it wasn't very hard for me to create my own magazine. I'm a little concerned that it doesn't have any kind of visual element to it yet, um, as far as the content that I just clipped. But, uh, you know, I, I'll play with it a little bit more. I'll see if I can optimize the kind of content, the way that I I, I flip it into my magazine and stuff like that. And, and who knows? Maybe this will be something that... Um, you know, will will eventually be something that could bring some some new eyeballs to the content that uh, I find interesting. Uh, sharing some of my own stuff, but obviously curating some of the best stuff out there that I find. There's really no reason why, and I, I'm already thinking ahead on this. Like, why is there not already in my sidebar of beyond the beyond the to do list dot com a little ad that says? You know, find the articles that, or follow the articles that Eric's flipping to Flipboard, and then it's hyperlinked, also through a pretty link that takes you, that you know, takes you right to my magazine. Yeah, and and that's so. that's the other thing is I want to find out how I can get a direct link to that, and that way I can actually just randomly, occasionally, maybe once every month or two or something like that, say, hey, have you checked out what I've right. what stories I've been flipping in Flipboard, and put a link to it, and they can actually be linked right to the the that magazine and if I, I would assume that if they're doing it on a mobile device it'll open up flipboard and if they're on the desktop mm-hmm. it'll show that that desktop version of it yeah i tweeted like twice about it a couple of months ago and that's how i got like 12 whatever already so awesome stuff well eric man i really appreciate you bringing this up and uh real quickly tell people where they can find you online and certainly it's been a couple weeks since you plugged your podcast so Let's get yeah, that out there, too. Well, uh, you can find me online at twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. And you should, def- you should definitely check out the podcast. I just released an episode with a mutual friend of ours, Justin Wise, who is a riot. And uh, that, that was a really fun episode to do. So make sure to check that out. Also doing another, I'm doing my first recurring guest. Oh, Mike wow. Stitzner is going to come on and talk about his new project. Awesome. That is very cool. Beyond the to do list.com. I'll definitely have to check out that episode with, with Justin. Uh, he's a great guy, and I think he's going to be helping me out with New Media Expo. And um, we haven't announced this officially yet, have we? You and no, I? No, we haven't. You know, Eric is actually going to be coming on board and helping me out uh, as co host for the podcast report for Podcast and New Media Expo. Or not, actually, it's New Media Expo. <laughs> ah, it's been a long day. So anyway, um, yeah, the podcast report, you're going to be helping me out with that. We we launched that uh, first week in, in uh, September, right? Yes. And we'll be recording that twice a month. So if you can't get enough of Eric and I here, you'll you'll hear us there. We'll be talking about the podcasting track of New Media Expo and getting people excited about the, the sessions that are coming. And I think you're going to be on a session. Uh, actually, you're putting together a session on how to land expert the expert interviews you want for your podcast. That's correct. It's going to be a great panel. Lots of lots of awesome people on it. Yeah, absolutely. So, matter of fact, let me just uh, see if I can say. And matter of fact, I'm not supposed to be releasing so much information about what's coming. But anyway, well, uh, we're, this, teasing. we're teasing. We're just teasing here. But so. uh, you know what? I'll, I'll just say that Eric's going to be there. But let's just put it this way: there's going to be a couple other people who are going to be on the panel with you. 
that have had some pretty outstanding people on their shows as well. So yes. experts teaching you how to get the experts to come onto your show. You like that? <laughs> experts speaking about experts. Exactly. All right, my friends. Uh, and real quickly here, I want to say thank you to those of you who have used my Bluehost affiliate sign-up uh, link for signing up for your hosting account. Uh, three different domains registered this week under the hosting um, affiliate link for Bluehost. Generationalprominence.org, surfsplendorpodcast.com, gunholstertalk.com. All three of those folks used my affiliate link to do that. If you want to basically use my affiliate link or find out my thoughts on hosting for your website and your podcast, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Eric, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on the show. You are welcome. Thanks for having me. Some man.